0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you
1: did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. It's Livin' the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream.
0: This week on Live in the Bream, we have a repeat guest and I am so excited she is back. And she has got a book that I have thoroughly enjoyed. I think you guys will love it too. Um, Kirsten Watson joins us and she does so many things. But let me tell you a little bit about her. Mother of seven, uh, wife uh, of author and retired NFL player, Benjamin Watson, who has joined us on Live in the Bream too. She graduated from University of Georgia with a marketing and Spanish degree. Now I feel bad like my Espanol should be much better. She worked for a Fortune 500 company then in the nonprofit sector She wanted to run her own company And basically she is now Because she is the CEO of a family of nine And also the executive editor of Mom Life Today She founded the One More Foundation with her husband And they also have a really cool podcast Why or Why Not with the Watsons And now her brand new book Sis, take a breath And I don't know when you get a breath um, But Kirsten, welcome back It's so great to see you
1: Oh, thank you for having me It's super excited to be here
0: So in the midst of everything, and I love this beautiful cover of your family and just how you're managing everybody. um, Why did you decide to take this on? Because writing a book is not an easy thing, but I love that you did it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I feel like I'm saying this over and over again, but I never in a million years did author ever come up on anything I wanted to do in my life honestly um but you know when god tells you to do something <laughs> right you have a couple of choices and i think i kept saying no for so many so for for a long time not thinking i had anything to say or anything to offer and finally i was like okay god if you want me to do this like make it super clear and he did just that i mean it wasn't an audible voice or writing in the sky but um, over several days, it was just very clear that this was what I was supposed to do. And so I don't know, when I look back, I'm like, how did I have margin to write and to recall stories? But I mean, I think this is the fruit of obedience. Really, if anything this is, was for me to know who he is better, mm-hmm. um, trust him that when he says and calls us to do something, this specifically, man, does he, he provides what you need? And so, mm-hmm. It was just the right timing, and honestly, just obedience to say, "Okay, I surrender." <laughs> yes, let's see what happens.
0: It's so true um, because I like to think about when there's no way you could get something done or accomplished on your own. There's almost this great comfort in like, "Great, he's going to get all the credit and all the glory right. because clearly <laughs> I did not have the way to get this done <laughs> myself." So it's kind of freeing in a way, and and it another. Is- opportunity to kind of point things back to him. Um, I have to say, I watched the video of when you got your book the box and you oh, open yeah. it, which is like, to me, such an emotional thing. And I love your kid's reaction. <laughs> and Benjamin's like, mommy wrote a book. Um, and so just so many cute things. I love that one of your sons said, um, you wrote the whole thing. And then he said something like, so if there's a typo in there, like, that's not what you want to be thinking about at that moment, but they're hugging you and they're so proud and you're emotional. And I just loved how sweet that is, that your family would share that moment together. As you finally look at what you had worked on in your hands there.
1: Yes, because, you know, as you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so it became for a while like, no, I can't do this because I have to do this for the book or I have to be here for the book or I have to have a conversation about the book. So that became um, the yes. And which meant I meant no to some of the things that they wanted me to do or participate in. And so they've been on this journey as well with me. Um just hearing about it, knowing about it. I mean, even now still traveling for it as we get ready for the release. And, it, you know, they it's its as much theirs. It is ours as it is mine because they've been with me and um, they've graciously accepted the fact that there's some <laughs> things I haven't been able to do in order to get this done. And so I it was super exciting for them to, when I, I mean, I don't think I heard them in that moment as Benjamin was video recording the whole thing, but <laughs> I'm as so I was, glad he I, did. I know I am too, but just to see that and to hear that, I mean, that made me cry for a whole different reason. <laughs> right. It's just so sweet. And uh, gosh, I I was telling
0: you before we got started. I literally, I'm not done with the book, but I will finish it this weekend. I have written on almost every single page, underlined something or starred something or made a note in the margin because it's just such good practical advice. Every woman I know feels overwhelmed whether she has a family or not or a career or not or both or more things are trying to juggle or she's in service at church or you know, taking care of a loved one. I mean, just whatever it is, we can all feel totally overwhelmed. And I love that you just talk about, you know, hard topics and how um, we feel this pressure to chase these ideals and to make it look like we've always got it together. And you just say so many things that I love. I'm going to try to get through as much as we can, but let me ask you this. You talk about marriage and very interesting, something we don't hear a lot, how you talk about the fact that you got to prioritize it, whether you have kids or not, like you have to make a real decision that that is a priority for you. Then you do talk about how early on, um, like most marriages, you you have to figure out your footing and you guys knew you loved each other, but you had to work on liking each other too. So what what does it mean to you? And what's your message about investing in marriage?
1: Yeah, I think I mean, ultimately, I, I'm smiling because I'm thinking about how we've actually put that into practice. And yes, we will say 100% we love each other. But there are definitely moments where I'm like, do I really like you right now? I don't know. And he probably would say definitely thinking <laughs> about me. But I do know early on we um, we were counseled for sure and given the advice that once kids come into the picture, it's easy to be- make them the priority, um, but God is a God of order. And so he says, you know, your relationship with me is most important. And a far second is your relationship with your spouse. And then after that is the kids, family, friends, you know, job and that kind of thing. And it's just we have made that a priority by making sure we get away together, by making sure we're talking to each other, that by making sure that um, we're, under, we're, we're understanding the unspeakables, right? So like even this book, he is probably more of a cheerleader and a person that made me believe that I had a voice than I did. And that came because we cultivated a friendship, obviously, and a love, and we've made our relationship a priority. And so we've done that in very practical ways. I mean, we've moved a lot moved a lot and we have a lot of kids. And so and both of those things can be like super stressful. Yes, exactly. Especially when you uh, combine them. Yes. And we've done both. We have a kid and then we move. I'm like, (laughs) what are we doing? Um, But the hope is that you get better with age, right? And that you get another day to make it right. And so that's just really what we've looked at. And so even now, as we travel alone, I'm like, oh, we get to be together, just the two of us, like in the beginning. And there's like an excitement and a a giddiness almost of just being able to be the two of us. I think that's something that we don't want to ever lose. And again, it, there's times where things are tough and we're, you know, having an argument or disagreement about something and that happens and we don't get discouraged and know that this is the end, like this is normal, but man, we always want to get back to that place. And so I think we do the work um, that makes us get back to that place that we know is, is like our sweet spot, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: And I love that you say, you don't get discouraged. I think sometimes early on, if you have a really bad argument, you can think like, oh my gosh, we're not going to make it. Right. And you, you know, your mind just goes crazy. And then when you've had some years together and you realize like, no, we can have a really heated disagreement over something. Um, we've always focused on doing that with respect, right. taking a break if you have to, not crossing lines and saying things that you can never take back. And sometimes that means like you just got to shut it down and walk right. out of the room, <laughs> but that you're not over that you're not destroyed. I mean, that you will be fine. And I think once you have a right. maturity to realize like, okay, this is a minute, we're going to have to work through this, but we're going to be good. And like you said, getting back to that good place yes, um, sure. and it does take prioritizing and work. Okay. I loved this chapter. I don't need extra. <laughs> because I needed to listen to this one. Oh my goodness. I probably underlined like every sentence in this one, but, um, the no extra Kirsten, um, tell us about that and how we can do better and why that's important.
1: Yeah. So I, I will say that often. I'm like, Oh no, I can't do that. I don't need extra. And that's just kind of like how it comes in my, in my head. And it's, what's interesting is it's different for everybody. So my extra does not necessarily mean it's your extra. It could be your gifting or what you love to do. Um, But for me, I say it's kind of like you juggle all of these balls in the air, have a lot of stuff going on and they all look the same. But then it's when you look at them closely, you realize that some of those balls are actually glass and some of them are plastic. They look like glass, but they're not glass. And so if those were to drop it would make a loud sound, but it'd be very different for if, if the glass balls were to drop and shatter. And so really the extra for me is, Lord, help me to determine what is necessity, like what is what is good and what is better. Because my, I think the things that I want to juggle are all good, but is it the better of the situation, you know? And so um, that's how I have to determine things. And so sometimes it's, yes, I can do that. Um, and I, and I, when I say yes, I really mean it. I'm not trying to be nice or be polite or be Southern. <laughs> I really just want- so hard. I
0: really struggle with that. I um, I really do think, um, you know, Southern women, we want to make it work. We want to make everybody happy. I right. do think, that I mean, I shouldn't stereotype all of us, but that was my experience that you yes. really want to keep the peace. Right. And, um, I find that I get really frustrated sometimes when I say yes to things and then my heart's not in it and I will fulfill that obligation, but I'm, I, I'm, like frustrated. Yes. I can only blame myself. But why is it so hard for us to be honest? I loved how you talked about like you got to be authentic. You got to be honest. Um and have you gotten more comfortable with that?
1: Yes, because I talk about it in the book when it happened where I said yes I would do something and the person said, "Okay, great." And then I was like, "Wait, you were supposed to say no." Like you were
0: supposed <laughs> Right, to say- like, "Oh no, that won't be convenient for you." Like, person, exactly. you shouldn't do that. And then there was like, great. Uh, let me know when you can come over and bring that exactly.
1: item. And I was like, whoa, like, how can I expect someone to think for me? I mean, I would love for people to know what's really going in my brain, but they sometimes cannot. And they had a need. And I said I could meet that need. And so that's why I learned early on being a pleaser and to make sure everybody's OK. Like I still have to set boundaries for myself. And I want my I want to give a good yes. Like if I'm w- going to put it, carve it out of my day and. Change get somebody to come watch kids and do all these. Things. Like I want to be, I want to do it, and so um, I had to also learn that no is a complete sentence. I don't have to give a whole story as to why I can't do some things. Like I would love to, but I just can't, and that is enough. The same way I don't expect someone to give me a whole drawn out, you know, expression. I shouldn't expect that I have to give a reason as to why I can't do it. And so, you know, it's it's practice. I sometimes feel like I, I sometimes will ask somebody want to ask me something very last minute, and I'm like, I want to, but. I literally can't, I just can't make it work. I'm so sorry. Um, And we find out that those people um, in that situation ends up being okay um, Mm -hmm. and it moves on and then you have another opportunity to serve. And so, you know, it's hard. It is so hard, but I tell you, when you say yes and mean it, it's such it's so much more gratifying. <laughs> right. Because I have this debate with
0: myself, like, okay, is it going to be harder to say no and feel like they're going to be mad and they're going to be disappointed in me or harder to say yes and then go do this event or this obligation now that in my heart, I'm like, why did I say yes to this? Right. Um, and I got to convince myself that honesty is better for everybody. I um, and it's just more fair to yourself and to everybody. For sure. Um, but you do talk about times that um, God will call you to something that you feel a little bit stretched. In that, in that chapter, you say, in his sovereignty, God sometimes allows more than I can handle so that my relationship with him is strengthened. What do you mean?
1: Yeah. Well, this book was a perfect example. Right. <laughs> it was a no for a long time. But so I think that in that, you know, there's some things that God does put in front of you and you're like, I don't want to, I, I have to determine like, it just, that I don't want to do it or that I'm scared to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes when I'm fearful of something, I'm like, oh, that might be a God stretch, right? That might be like, an area that God's wanting to prove his holiness and sovereignty. And I'm learning something about him um, and I'm learning something about myself. And so I think that's where you have like the yeses and the noes. I think we have a lot of um, ability to control that. But I do think there are some times that things come into our life and it's like, wow, this might be a God opportunity. And I just feel like I'm not qualified or I feel like, so anytime I hear like, enemy words coming in, like you're not qualified, you can't do it, you have no voice, then I say, okay, my yes may have to be one that I'm going into, not completely 100% sure how it's going to turn out, because this is a yes of obedience, not a yes of comfort. And mm-hmm. so that just, I mean, I just have to take those as they come, right? And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it's a, it ends up being good, and there's fruit in the end, and you're learning something that you would have otherwise not have learned about yourself or about God.
0: We'll have more live in the bream in a moment.
1: From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
0: I want to talk, too, because this is, you know, Benjamin's been kind enough to do the podcast, and I feel like one of those was on a getaway trip for you guys. Last time I talked to him and I'm like, no, you're with your wife away from your seven kids. I felt terrible, but he was kind to do a quick um, podcast with us. But um, we talk about this issue. His book, uh, Underneath Our Skin, was so good. I loved reading that And, and about the issue of race. I love that you talk about this in the book and say that for your kids, They refer to you guys, your family as brown and um, to people like me as peach. And I'm like, that's so smart, because if you're thinking about crayons and stuff like that's the truth of a child, like, of course, that makes more sense to what our skin really looks like. Um, But you talk about having um, these tough conversations with your children, um, but also with um, people who are not part of the black community who want to have a conversation, how to do that in a way that's um, profitable and sensitive. And those are conversations we need to have.
1: Yeah, I, this was one of the chapters where, you know, you think about who, like, I, you think about who you are as, as a whole. I think about who I am as a whole and the friendships that I have in light of everything that has happened, not only in the last three years, but for my whole 41 years of life mm-hmm. and the things that are important to you. And I think we've always been talked, we've always ta- I've always talked about having honest conversations um, that help us become more like the men and women God has called us to be. And so that's a, a lot of, um, Things that we've already talked about, parenting, our marriage. And so this idea around race or the the facts around race is just one other piece that describes who I am and my experiences. And so I have, yeah, we say the brown and the peach um, people, as my kids (laughs) call it. I love um, that. Because they recognize and I teach them to recognize that we are all different. Um, and I think that's a great thing. That's how God created us. It's just when we put value behind those differences is where, you know, we have to be mindful of what we're doing and what we're teaching to our kids. And so this chapter in the book is really um, to my peach, my my peach sisters. Um, <laughs> this is this conversation around as believers, why we should have a conversation with mm-hmm. our kids. Um, we, um, the Bible talks about being a voice to the voiceless. and And when this idea or when things around race happen and we don't talk about it, As believers, we should be able to step in for each other and to be a voice when we have no voice. And so sometimes the issue around race is one where it seems as though we have to only speak for ourselves. And as a body, we should be able to jump in for each other around whatever topic it is. But specifically around race, it was just helping us to understand that the conversations need to be had Um, And that we become better as a result. It's like a refining thing that God does with us when we look at the body and we say, okay, where are you mourning? Because I want to mourn there. And where are you rejoicing? Because we are called to rejoice there as well. And so the the chapter was really a a special one um, and an honest one about how specifically race plays a piece, a role in our lives, especially here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And you
0: talk about that if we try to approach these conversations um, sensitively and carefully, um, but openly, we have to check our own defensiveness. Yeah. And I think um, I think that's something that's been difficult the last few years that some people feel like, oh gosh, if we have to dig in this conversation, are you thinking I'm a bad person off the you know jump before we even get to the conversation? And how we need to check ourselves, like stop with the defensiveness. That's going to make it difficult for you to have a really good conversation.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, another chapter in the book is about your dark alley friends. And it's like, who are the people who see you? Right. Mm -hmm. And so there are some people that see you and should be able to check you, right. As iron sharpens iron, they should be able to look at me and say, Hey, you're not really being respectful to Benjamin. And this I saw this, or and they should. And of course, my initial response when someone's coming at me on any issue mm-hmm. is to be defensive. But, but for the people that care about me and that know me, they should be able to speak into my life and on my blind spots, the things that I, I don't necessarily see as sinful, but maybe they are. And so, the idea around this subject is maybe if we could enter into it the same way. This idea that. It's not condemning, but it's maybe a blind spot. And like we all are all called to do that. Then it lowers the defense and it allows us to have good conversation, honest conversation, and then move forward from that, you know, with a different perspective. And so it's not it it is it's how you approach the conversation also to how you receive it as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So again, we're talking to Kirsten Watson, who does all kinds of millions of things. And <laughs> <laughs> the, her latest is Sis, Take a Breath. I think you will so love and enjoy this book. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, she and Benjamin have seven kiddos. So I'm going to ask you here to give us some practical advice, maybe some things you guys have figured out. Um, and, and you specifically with um, you know moving and kids and organizing and, and homeschooling and all these different things, just maybe some practical advice to a mama out there who is feeling a little bit overwhelmed with all of these obligations. Is it planning ahead? Is it structuring your day? What works for you?
1: Yeah, I would say I've gotten better the more kids you <laughs> have. You realize? Wow! How, yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> you realize how much you really don't control. So, I my tendency is to try to control every minute Mm -hmm. every hour every activity every teacher and to have my hands in all of it and realize what i'm realizing more and more now why this book is really still for me um is that the more i'm in god's word the more i'm making that a priority and i'm abiding and i know who i am my identity is in him i realize that i walk in more power in the holy spirit it doesn't change you know, my plan A going left and get completely going the wrong way. It doesn't change a bad situation that happens at school with my kids. It doesn't change any of that. But the breath, the cis take a breath part, is this, this idea that we are going through our life here, there, up, down, mm-hmm. doing these shallow breaths, like not even being seriously present. And so the idea is like if you just take a breath and pause and listen. And look, God is giving you an opportunity. He is speaking to you. He is showing you and he's saying, just hold on like, and then proceed. And so that's what it is. It's like, yes, there's maybe some ideas I can give you around scheduling or. But the, but the main thing I'm saying is God is speaking to you specifically to run your race well. And if you don't do that, we all miss out. <laughs> mm-hmm. We miss out. Your kids miss out because you're going to end up living out of what we would call like not the overflow. Right. And so the biggest piece of advice I would say would be to get in your Bible and to read it and to have community and to know and ask for truth with the Holy Spirit, because all the other things are good. But man, if we're like, life is going to be life. And if we're moving toward it, like this frantic controlling, it all has to be a certain way. I mean, we can only do that for so long until we just burn out. But this idea is that God has given you breath. Why? It's not really about you anyway. It's about his kingdom. And so the more we know that, we point everything back to it, even when it goes terribly wrong, Mm -hmm. even in the miscarriages, even in the moving, even in the really tough times. It's like, God, I didn't plan for this. Okay, I didn't plan for this. But Lord, what are you showing me Mm -hmm. and give me strength to give it, to go through it and to make the next step? And so that really is the best advice I can give you, because, gosh, when we are filled, like that overflows to our relationship with our husbands that overflows to our relationship with our kids and them seeing that in me is more important than them seeing me control their schedule. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, and get them to every practice on time, which I do Mm -hmm. want to do still, Mm -hmm. but that's not the focus. And so like, I would just say, take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) It will be okay. It will be okay. And God is speaking to you specifically and he is guiding you in the good and he is guiding you in the bad mm-hmm. and just to be encouraged because we're all tired, but we, and I, and he knows that you want to do this well. I think that's the common thing, regardless of whether I know exactly what you're going through, like the common thing is that you want to do well, you want to do well. And God is saying you can, and you are. And my encouragement is like, you are, you can just take a breath mm-hmm. and then proceed it's just such a good
0: practical thing. I've even thought about it in the last 48 hours since I started reading your book. Gosh, like, how do we speed through things? And like, let me survive the next thing and mark the next thing off the list. But I was reading this morning about the scripture that talks about, um, you know, he who began a good work in you will continue it. And the, and the verses about... Um, that he had already ordained good works for us to do ahead of time. So he knows our path and he knows. And this book is wonderful. It speaks so much truth, which we may know as Christian women or non-believers, you may know these principles or these ideas. um, But the book is just full of such good concrete reminders, specific verses and specific ideas and examples of how we walk through this life. Like you say, encouraged and knowing that um, I believe, you know, God is for us. Um, He, as you said, he wants us to do well as much as we want to do well. Right. So we can point all the goodness back to him. Again, the book "Sis, take a breath. Um, Kristen Watson is our guest on this live in the Bream. Thank you so much. I wish you all the best with this book. I've loved it and I cannot wait to finish it this weekend.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. God bless you guys.